Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. If you are looking for a true Colorado pizza, the only place to head is Bojo's, and they are hooking up the DNVR fam with free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. You can Mm. redeem this at any of their six locations and get some awesome pizza as well. So get on it. Head to Bojo's while you can. You can pick up your Breck Brew there. You can hit up the salad bar. You can even have a $4 happy hour. All of that with amazing pizza and free honey cheese bread with the purchase of one of those pies. Get on it. Let's get into this show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over 1,000 different types of beer for you to try, as well as a bunch of amazing wines and liquors as well. You can download their app today for incredible deals and be sure to sign up for their loyalty program as well. You can even get your alcohol delivered from them. They have you covered as well. If you don't know what you want to drink, they do free tastings in their store on Fridays and Saturdays, plus they have a bunch of other exclusive things as well to their app. So just be sure to check out the app, download it today, and again, sign up for that loyalty program to get the best prices. I am Rudo. He is AJ Hayfley. We are here to talk about y'all's trades that you have for the deadline coming up. I think there are some kind of all over the gamut. We've received some crazy ones, some major blockbusters, some minor ones as well. So a little bit of everything the Avs could or could not be looking at at the deadline. AJ, are you ready for some spicy trades? I am. I asked for creative options, and I basically just got flooded with Jack Eichel trades. Yeah. So. I don't think we'll be being doing any Jack Eichel trades. Maybe one or two, but... It was it was really interesting though. This is not something we've talked about. Like right. in the last year when we did this and uh at the deadline and then over the summer when you and I did it again leading up to uh free agency and the draft and all that, you know, we said, "Hey, give us your off season, not just trades." Yep. But a lot of the responses we got were similar to conversations that we had had on the pod. Um, you know, talking about specific players and different ideas. This was really interesting because we got a ton of submissions. I got, I think, 35 emails in the last 48 hours 
exactly one of them included Chris Kreider. I mean, I'd never been a huge fan of the Chris Kreider thing, but right. Also, but I mean, come on, like he's like the guy at this year's right. deadline, and it's it, it was very interesting that almost everybody was like, mm, "Nah, I'm good on the Chris Kreider." How about Jack Eichel? <laughs> Which, I mean, we had dabbled in some conversations about Reinhardt and things like that. Right. Like, we had talked about, like, hey, they're in a tough situation. But Avs fans went straight into, like, vulture GM mode. Yeah. And were like, oh, what's that? You guys are just like this rotting carcass sitting in the middle of the NHL field here? Oh, well, why don't we just pick you clean? Taylor Hall was already taken from New Jersey, so you're next, Buffalo. Give us yeah, it was it was it was a little cold blooded, honestly. I was like, dang, man. People <laughs> were like, oh, Sam Reinhardt's fighting with a reporter now after games. Okay, let's trade for Jack Eichel, and it's like, oh, okay, all right. Well, the first trade we're going to look at does involve Buffalo. However, it does not involve Jack Eichel. <laughs> the way this trade goes down is Colorado receives Jeff Skinner. Buffalo retains $2.5 million in salary for the entire contract. Buffalo gets a 2021st, JT Comfer, and Martin Kaut. Before we get into Jeff Skinner, why? Um, What do you feel about that price? It feels a touch steep just because if Buffalo is looking to move Skinner, they're trying to shed that contract, right? Right. $9 million uh, with seven years remaining after this year. Right. So in the world where Skinner is heading out of Buffalo, mm-hmm. Buffalo is is wanting to get rid of that. It's not something where they're like, give us your best offer and we'll only consider it if it makes us a better team type mm-hmm. thing. So I think it's a little expensive. The first I'm fine with, Kout I'm fine with. Comfer is the question mark there. I, I think Comfer feels a little bit on the steep side. If you're replacing a roster player, uh, maybe, I mean, first of all, this is where the Tyson Joe's conversation comes in. Mm. And in a perfect world, you know, the ads are giving up something like Kamenev here, but I, I understand that's probably not realistic. I, I think you replace uh, Comfer with Jost. It makes a lot more sense for Buffalo because Comfer, Comfer at three and a half million combined with the two and a half that they're retaining on. Right. That's still Skinner. A good are, six million. Yeah, exactly. They haven't shed nine million. They've shed three million for the for the privilege, I guess, of downgrading from Jeff Skinner to JT Comfer while also obviously getting a first and Martin Kaut. So it's it, it's. Ultimately, if those guys, uh, if those say those two guys end up on the roster before Comfer's contract ends uh, on, on ELCs, even you're still you're still talking about they're going to be, you know, eight hundred grand for each each contract. Uh, it's another one point six million. So you're talking about them being on on the salary cap hook for seven point seven point six million, give or take yeah. a few hundred thousand. While while this is all still going on, like they have not shed much of that that money that hasn't given them flexibility that much flexibility, 
and it it definitely has not made them clear cut better. JT Comfer, we know a middle six ish type player um, at best right now. Given the season he's having, that that projection that that tag might be more of like a bottom six guy, um, but a solid NHL player. But at three and a half million, you know, I got remember I got ostracized for saying that he was five hundred thousand dollars overpaid over the summer, and it still feels that way. But when they're looking to shed some money, that's that's kind of a decent chunk of change. And then Martin Kaut, probably a middle six guy at it, it, at his peak as well. And then who knows what the 2021st, because it's probably somewhere in the 20s. That's a longer road. So uh, I'm, I think I would be more comfortable with this if it was Jost. And I think that would make more sense uh, for Buffalo as well. Okay. Yeah, that... I'm a lot more comfortable with it when it comes to Jost, but uh, the more I look at this, the more I don't like it for Buffalo. Not just the uh, the contract issues or, or the price that they're trying to shed there, but mm-hmm. you're talking about a first that's going to be in the mid-20s probably at this point, and Martin Kaut, which is an NHL prospect and a bona fide one, but one that has zero NHL experience right now. Mm-hmm. And that is a really slow burn for a team that is basically saying we're trying to rebuild immediately. I think they would have, would like to be more aggressive in getting talents that can help them out right away. And maybe Martin Kaut can a little bit, but that first feels a little <laughs> bit short to me. Um, I, 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 I think I would just strongly disagree with you actually. Um, I think that from a, um, we're talking about Jeff Skinner here, not Jack Eichel. So I, this is this is honestly even a little more expensive than I would like for Jeff Skinner, given the season that he's having and the not great reputation he has around the league. Uh, but for Buffalo, they get a first round pick, which is always a good starting point when you're trading somebody to get a first rounder at least gives you a chance. Right. And then. Again, we're replacing Comfort with Jost in this, right? The, and and sure. so Jost, Jost going into next season. Cout going into next season. Both of those guys are on the NHL roster. Like the the way the way that I'm kind of looking at it is do like what Ottawa did. Like, yeah, you're probably going to lose a couple of these trades, but as long as you get NHL players in return, that's okay. You look at what they got in return for for Ryan O'Reilly, which has so far been a whole lot of nothing. And it's like, you know, I would much rather Jost and Kaut and a first-round pick. You put both Jost and Kaut on the NHL roster next season, and maybe you get something. You know, maybe Jost never develops any further than he is, but okay, that's fine. And then Kaut, you know, hell, put Kaut with Jost if you want. You know, I, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a at least like a solid fourth line out of it, which isn't great. And then you have you have your your first-round pick. I mean, at least goes towards shoring up some of the talent disparity that they have. We saw it a couple nights ago. Those guys suck. Like that's a that's a roster that is just talent barren. And if you're giving up Jeff Skinner, you're losing this trade pretty much no matter what because the team that gives up the best player in a deal almost always loses. It's a general rule of thumb. And you know the Avs have gotten lucky. the The Duchesne deal kind of goes against that. But I I think that's a solid enough deal for Buffalo for the Avs. We've spent this whole time talking about Buffalo for the app. Jeff Skinner is just like, I'm still okay with it, especially at that price. 
Um, I think he's I think he's a just as good a fit as I thought he was last summer. There's it's imperfect. He's an imperfect player, uh, but I'm willing to live with that. I'm I think he would be a very good fit in Colorado. I think I think Buffalo is a toxic environment that sucks the life out of a lot of players. We saw what happened to Ryan O'Reilly, the ultimate like hockey rat, like all I want to do is play hockey. And that dude was like, you know what? I'm done with this place. And so I'm not buying too much stock into Jeff Skinner being blah there. He could replace Landeskog on the top line tomorrow, and I think it would be a big spark for the team given Landeskog's relative struggles. I, I think there are a lot of wings that could replace Landeskog on the top line and give the Avs a big spark. I, I mean, fair enough. I'm very afraid of Jeff Skinner's contract right now. As it stands, even with Buffalo retaining two uh, and a half million, I, I, with them retaining two and a half million, dude, it's for me. They that that um, not not great at math, but that's a six and a half million dollar deal. I'm fine with that for seven years. Yeah, that's you get you get five good ones out of it, and then who knows what the what the cap looks like by then? You might be playing, you might be paying third liners five million by then. I just don't know what you get out of him. Is he going to put up 40 goals or is he going to have his last season in Carolina where he puts up 25 and is a 50 point guy? Are you too good for 50 points? I'm not too good for 50 points, but 50 points for six and a half million for the rest of eternity. Come on now. Do you want to pay Burakovsky six and a half million at the end of this year? Because that's the same thing. Can I get 50 points out of him every year? Maybe you can. That's the question I'm asking. Um, I mean, if I can get 50 points out of a guy every year, I don't mind paying him six million. It's fine. 20, right. 20 to twenty to 30. Uh, look, like if he gives me 20 goals, I'm disappointed. If he gives me 25 to 30, I'm okay. I sh- if he gives me 25, I'm okay. If he gives me 30, I'm happy. If he gives me more than 30, I'm elated. I mean, yeah, if he Skinner, gives you more than yeah, Skinner. It, no, I know. <laughs> if if he gives you thirty goals, you're happy with six and a half billion. That, yeah, that's worth it every day of the week. And I think, and I think that playing either next to either one of these guys, next to either Kadri or um, what's his face, McKinnon. I mean, come on, man. I, I'm I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm willing to take that chance. I'm I just am. I'm willing to take a chance that a better a better hockey team, a better environment, a better system, all of those things being much improved, brings out. A better Jeff Skinner. I will roll that dice. At six and a half million versus nine million, I would roll that dice. I just don't. I don't know. I, on a team where you want McKinnon to shoot the puck, he shoots the puck like an animal. Kadri is very much a shooter. They mm-hmm. already have Burakovsky that they want to shoot more. They have Rantanen that they want to shoot more. And now you're bringing in Jeff Skinner, who is going to shoot a lot as well. Oh, no. I just wonder you're at just, what point is there not enough off, pucks on the ice? Well, what, just, at what point do you need more pucks? You just rattled off five twenty goal guys, like at, at minimum. Well, when you put a bunch of five twenty goal guys together, someone's going to score less. That's okay. Uh, it's okay if they're getting paid the right amount. Yeah, I mean, none of these guys are getting paid. You know, there's there's no eleven million dollar outlier on the roster, and like even. Even even if they're scoring less, like the the assists are still rolling in, right? Like as long as the team isn't scoring less, I don't really care who's scoring them. Sure, I I still wonder at that price point 
things are going to get tight real fast when you have to extend Makar, when you have to extend Landeskog. But at six and a half, though, like six and a half, like sign of you. Are you not going to sign a free agent this summer for six and a half because you're afraid of that? I mean, the free agent class this year kind of sucks. I I understand, (laughs) but I'm just saying at the price point, assuming if Jeff Skinner was a free agent this summer and he was willing to sign for six and a half, would you be against that? Maybe. Well, I mean, at least you're consistent then. (laughs) I would, I would disagree with you, but I would also add that the, the, the trade price given the season he's had is a little on the heavy side. I would rather that be Jost than Comfer. I would also rather that be a conditional first. Uh, based on Skinner's success and health. I'm comfortable with giving up the first. I definitely agree with you that Jost is should be the comfort replacement there. But yeah. we're going to take our first break there as <laughs> we've spent one trade, one trade <laughs> for the entire first period of this um, podcast. But that might be because I'm drinking a Breckenridge brew right now. So it's time to acknowledge them as the official beer of DNVR, sipping on one of the vanilla Porter juniors right now, as it were, even though he's out with injury nuggets still managed to win with seven dudes on their bench. So that's pretty impressive credit to them there and their new beer, the mile high city, very delicious beer as well. Be sure to check them out. If you're looking for the mile high city, if you're looking for the vanilla Porter junior, any of those things, you can go online. You can use the Breck beer locator on Breckenridge Brewery's website. They will tell you where to find any and all of their beers. So go out there, get that strawberry sky you've been looking for or whatever else it might be. And also check out the Breckenridge event calendar on the DNVR.com watch party coming up on Saturday for the nuggets at illegal Pete's should be a fun one. Hopefully we can get a bunch of people out for that to have a good time and drink some Breck brews. We'll be back in a second. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ talking about the trades we have received from listeners on this one. We're on the Buffalo track, so let's go ahead and get this out of the way. We had to throw at least one Eichel deal on here with how many of you were asking it. This one is the Avs get Jack Eichel and the Sabres get Alex Newhook, Bowen Byram, Shane Bowers, and two firsts this year and next. That's a lot. I think the price is pretty appropriate. I'd feel a lot better about the price if it was Cout instead of Newhook. Because so, you're giving up two centers there as the Avs. This uh, this proposal also included the option of Timmons instead of Byram. I mean, um, and, that feels light. <laughs> and for me, I was like, I just, to, to, if you're Buffalo, that doesn't make sense. Right, exactly. You want the top two prospects, and, and this in this case, it's the top three. <clears throat> I also would swap out Bowers for Cal. Sure. Keep one of the centers if you're the Avs. Yeah, exactly. But then you're talking about building for the next couple of years. Down the middle, you're going to have McKinnon, Eichel, Kadri, and Bowers. With, yeah. with the ability to move Belmar and or Comfer and or Jost kind of around as you need. Sure. So I think it's an appropriate price, but as long as Kadri's still there, like Eichel's. It's not the upgrade that it feels like it should be. I mean, I think I, you're basically committed then. Like you have to win a cup pretty much more or less with the group the ads have. 
Because yes. part of what makes Colorado so dangerous long term is that they have Byron Bowers, New Hook, and two more first rounders in the next two years coming into the system Just and coming into the into the league. Pretty much one hundred percent blew up the Avs' future, at least the guaranteed parts of the future. Right. Like you'll still have this would leave the Avs with Cout, Timmins, this this in this version of the deal. This would leave it with Cout and Timmins as your as your top prospects. Uh and that's that alone, like you just your top three prospects are just gone. Yep. And if we're being realistic, you know what? Maybe Timmins is a top four defenseman. There's a very real world where Cout is a third liner and that's what he maxes out as. Mm-hmm. So you're not really adding any top six talent if you're moving those guys out. Yeah. And that's that's a big sell. Like you said, the Avs are basically all in over the next three years at that point. Yeah. At that point, you have to win during this McKinnon contract because you're going to run into serious uh, money obligation problems yep. down the road. For sure. With Eichel locked in for a thousand years at 10 million. And which isn't a, isn't a price I have a problem with for the player. Yeah. I think Eichel's worth the money, but you also have to remember you're bringing him in to be a $10 million two C essentially because McKinnon is still the man. Right. And is this your, is this your running back of Sackick Forsberg? I don't know that it's quite at that level. Um, is this your answer to Crosby Malkin? I don't know that it's quite at that level. I don't think it's far off, but I don't know that I want to sacrifice all that future to find out. So an interesting idea and the only one of the Eichel proposals that came even remotely close to what I think Buffalo would have to ask oh, for yeah. to consider it. There were some where it was like Jost and Greer and a first round pick. And it was like, whoa, no, not even the answer, close. The yeah. answer is no. Yeah. So um, this is the only one I thought that came close value-wise to what Buffalo would be asking. Because trading Jack Eichel, is a, you, we are blowing up the franchise kind yeah, of move. It, it is 100% reset. They're going to suck for the next few years and try yeah. and start over again. Yep. So that, yeah, it would be hard to pry Eichel out of there. I would put it that way at the yeah. very least. It's a good way to put it. So that's the Eichel conversation. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think neither of us expect it to even come close to happening. Oh, God, no. No, under really under no realistic circumstances. So let's move into someone that there has been talk about. Something that could, something like this might happen. Colorado gets Andre Kasha and a twenty twenty sixth, while Anaheim gets Tyson Jost, Nick Henry, and a twenty twenty third. That feels a little light to me, honestly. See, and I thought I thought it was a little heavy. I don't think Nick Henry has any value right now. Um, okay, because he's the guy I would have taken out. I would for have, what? For nothing. Just Jost in a third. Yeah, Jost in a they they get an upgrade in the pick. Um, they you know Colorado gets they they get another sixth rounder. Um, so they <laughs> that gives them Anaheim and Florida's sixth rounders. I that, <laughs> see that I, they, the Avs don't have a twenty twenty second, but I think Jost in a second there is is what it takes. Well then, uh, well you can't really condition the third cuz the third they'd be giving up is not theirs either. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah, you know, I I I think Jost in the third for Kasha in a sixth is pretty fair. Um the Avs are obviously getting the better NHL player, but they're also getting a very injury prone NHL player. 
and the uh, Ducks are getting back a 21-year-old center who, you know, I don't have to get into the Jost thing every time we talk about him. And um, they're getting Jost. And then they are getting the upgraded pick, which they'll definitely use better than Colorado because they're very good at drafting. They sure are. Uh, may, you know what? Maybe maybe it gets it done. Drop the sixth and do Jost in a third. Straight up for Kasha. Okay. Um. Okay. I mean, I don't need the sixth back that badly. Right. That's where I'm at well, as well. If it came, if I had to choose between getting a sixth back and, and like keeping Henry, if that's like if they they ask for Henry as a cost of the sixth, I'd rather have Henry. I'm with you there as well. So, so I, you got to make choices in life, man. You do, and but this is I'm that's what makes this I think a good proposal is you're in the mm-hmm. ballpark. You're you're nitpicking. Oh, should that be a second? Oh, does Definitely. Henry really need to be in here? Yeah. And it fits. It fits for the ads. We've talked about Kasha before. Uh, yep. We've talked about why he fits, and you know why he would make sense. The only thing that would really present a frustration could be the expansion draft next year. <coughs> but that's next year's problem. Yeah, at the deadline. The reality of it is, most of the moves made at the deadline are in the now. Yeah, definitely. And but I mean, when you're going for a guy like Kasha, like this is a multi-year. Of course, you're, you're looking at what's it going to take to resign <clears throat> him. Other things as well. The, the, yeah, the conversation is a lot more complicated in that regard on the AV side here. Definitely. So that does matter. But I like that deal though. Yeah, I do. I, I I do as well. Whether it's a little bit on the light or heavy side remains to be seen. But I think. That's pretty realistic and, and something that we could see happen at the deadline, even if Colorado's not involved in it. I tell you what, if this deal goes down at the deadline and um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I all I did was I pulled a bunch of proposals that I thought were interesting or that I liked and just dropped them into a uh, basically discord. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I so I'm, I forgot whose proposals all of these were. I'm sorry. But you'll definitely know it, and I, 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 if anybody gets any of these proposals correctly, free a free DNVR something of your choice on me. Definitely a, a free shirt, no yeah. doubt about it. Dad, like at minimum, because yeah. that's that would be so incredible. All right, so you've heard the man; he's got all your names somewhere, even if we uh, we don't have him on the pod here, but. For some trades, that might be for the best. I, I don't want to knock anybody, but some of them are out there. Put it that way. Yeah. Let's do, uh, do you want to, do we have time to do the other Anaheim one in this segment? Yeah. Yeah. Throw it in. Okay. So this one has Colorado, and this is kind of a big one. Um, this one has Colorado receiving Ricard Raquel, Josh Manson in a 2022nd, and sending to Anaheim a 2021st. Uh, Connor Timmons, Nikita Zadorov, Alex Bokaj, and Tyson Jost. First of all, whoa. That's a lot of moving parts, yeah. Yeah, you got rid of two NHL players. You replaced them with two NHL players. Uh, definitely, I think you upgraded, though, from Zadorov to Manson, to Manson and yeah. uh, Jost to Raquel. So that's big. Um, Anaheim gets the better pick, a first versus a second. Uh, but then you also gave up Bocage and Timmins. That's a lot. That is a lot. 
And the thing with Josh Manson is that he's taken a big step back this year. Yep. Three years at 4.1 million as well. Not, I mean, realistically, he's not a producer. He had that one 37 point season a couple of years ago, yeah, but not an offensive guy. He's, he is uh, the, the younger, better version of, of like what you want Ian Cole to be for the abs. Pretty but much. He's had a very tough year this year. Uh, and Ricard Raquel, you know, we've talked a lot about him on the show before. Yeah. Uh, Raquel, very, very intriguing. He's the most important piece of this trade for the abs, in my opinion. Manson yeah. is, is something you can talk about with an upgrade to Zadorov or whatever, but Raquel is why the abs are doing this. I think uh, in terms of what they gave up, the only thing I'm really uncomfortable with in this package is Timmons. Same. A Bocage I'm fine with. A yeah. first for a second is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's that Timmons X factor, especially with your moving Zadorov. So you're sitting on one year left of Ian Cole. If they wanted to kind of split the difference, you take Bocage out, you take Timmons out, and you could include Hellison. And I would really like that. I'd, why just leave Bocage in and just put Hellison for if, Timmons? Well, and I'm saying if they wanted the defenseman, if the defensive prospect was a big, big part of this for Anaheim. That's how I would split that difference. So, wait, so it's the first Hellison Zadorov Jost? Yes. I mean, okay. I I don't saying, I think they would want Bokaj in still, but I'm I'm just saying if they if they wanted the the defensive prospect if that was more important to them than a guy like Bokaj, who just sort of feels like a throw-in here for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's kind of a whatever piece, but yeah, like you could have replaced Bocage with a number like a, or you know, put put Steinberg or Mutala I mean, in there, or, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. Do you is that is that the piece that pushes it to a second for Colorado though? It, does the the know. pick coming back become a third then or something like that? Um, I don't know. I don't know that it would make that much of a difference. I just the Timmons part of this from Colorado side feels too much to me. Yeah, I he's too good of a prospect for this kind of a deal where you know this this also presents major expansion draft issues for next it, season as well. It makes a lot more sense for the Avs to include Hellas in there, or you know I don't know how much the Ducks value Russians and things like that, but potentially mm -hmm. is a Ravelov or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted a guy that you think is uh, a year or two closer to coming over and playing in North America or playing pro hockey, yep, uh, Zoravilov could definitely, he should definitely have more value after the year he's had. Right, exactly. People won't just go, who is that? <laughs> right, like this is a WJC kid, a, a, a KHL mainstay as a teenager. Like, it's not hard to sell the merits of Zoravilov in a, in a deal uh, as a prospect like this, so... I think I think that's interesting. Um, so the Manson yeah. thing worries me because I one it creates an expansion draft issue. Um, two, I just I don't really know where he fits. Um, I don't know what he brings that the Avs really need. Yeah, I'm just not. And like him having a tough year this year, kind of cools my jets on him. But Raquel, I think, would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Raquel is would be perfect for the Abs top six on the wing. But yeah, yeah, I 
the Manson part of it, there would be no reason for the Ducks to do this, but I think it would make a lot more sense for the Avs if it was Cole and not Zadorov. Oh, from the Avs side, sure. Yeah. But, but that, yeah, the, that Ducks, would, uh, yeah. the Ducks want an RFA that they can control there, obviously. So. Yeah, exactly. There's there's reason there for that. They basically just get a younger, cheaper, worse version of Manson. Yep. So, so. all right. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where the duck situation stands right now. An interesting bigger one, and obviously the Kasha conversation that seems to be kind of on the forefront of, of talks at the moment, which mm-hmm. can change at any time with the trade deadline. But Those ducks will... fly together. Quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. Well, it's losing to the Sandlot right now, and I'm perfectly okay with that. So, Oh, wait, that's Miracle, but same difference. Not okay. That's not okay. That's perfectly fine. Get Oh, my God. We're going to fight, sir. We need to fight because of the final four, the Sandlot should win. So I'm about to bite through my lip right now. (laughs) Well, we can talk about the movies a bit later. For now, we will get out of the second period of this podcast. And it's time for our most important sponsor when it comes to hockey players. Green Mountain Dental Group. It is the place that will take care of all your dental needs. For hockey players, it turns out you need a lot of those. And they're giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. So be sure to get on it. All you have to do is take care of your teeth to get a free Sonicare toothbrush. They have a great location. They're just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And they've been one of our longest standing partners here at DNVR. So they love us. We love them. It's just awesome for everybody. Hit them up. Let them know we sent you. Third period of the DNVR <laughs> Avalanche podcast with Rudo and Hayfley as he's giggling to himself about something over there. The, the way you count down. <laughs> it's like you're singing a song that nobody else can hear. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe yeah. I got a beat in the background. Yeah, dude, dude. I have no doubt. You got the lady back there like drumming it out and you're just like, yeah, a one, <laughs> one, two. And it's like, okay. The, the problem there is I'm like horribly offbeat. No, like I'm sure of it that my beats are horribly inconsistent. <laughs> so that's okay. never, never been much of a musician. I can confirm that much to you. Yeah, I hear you, man. I always think I'm right there. And it's like, no, I'm half a second late. <laughs> well, okay. My wife was classically trained. Both of her parents are professional musicians. Oh, so, wow. Like she grew up playing extremely difficult piano pieces and was played a ton of flute as well. Like she almost majored in music in college, but then didn't because she liked money. Fair enough. Didn't want to be broke forever. So had to put the music career behind her. Smart lady. Yeah, no, she's definitely the smart one in this relationship. There's no doubt about that. I'm proud of you. I did well. I did well for myself. You done. You done right by yourself, sir. And hopefully the Avs can do well at this deadline. Uh-huh. See? My transition. Sometimes they're not horrible. Uh, we're going to do a couple of smaller trades here. I do think they are interesting. This one involves <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> like smaller trades that involve like a bunch of NHL players. Well, sure. only, only because we've been talking about Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> like these massive deals. Right. Um, this one <coughs> is with New Jersey. It's a one for one. 
Nikita Zadorov for fellow Russian Nikita Gusev. So when I first saw this, I was like, no. Nikita Gusev's been terrible. But then and he then, wasn't as bad as you thought. Well, and then I started digging into it a little bit more, and I was like, oh, he must have. Because I like I'd stopped paying attention after the first like 20 games. Yeah. And I think that there's the offensive upside is still intriguing. Uh, he's got 31 points, uh, just nine goals, though. And um, I'm not really sure where he fits in um, on, on Colorado's roster. But an intriguing offensive talent, and it answers the big thing is that it answers the Zdorov question. Yeah, it, it moves Zdorov out. It makes life a whole lot easier going into next year when you have the you're trying to fit in Byram and Timmins. Mm-hmm. It takes away Zdorov as as a uh, expansion draft option, which that's a right. whole other conversation. But well, and, and it gets Timmins into the NHL right now. Yes, it does get Timmins into the NHL currently, assuming the Avs want to do that. That could end up being Rosen or Barbario. But I'm assuming that Timmins goes up and, and they put him in and they're like, hey, one, two, three, go. Because February is still enough time to get him like, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to roll with you in the postseason. And next to Ian Cole, he's got like a veteran anchor who's playing in a proper role, who's already being sheltered. Uh, in his own kind of way, a defensive way. I think it would just be a perfect, like, a very easy set-and-forget kind of replacement situation for um, to move Zadorov out and then move Timmons up because it's still early enough in the year that he'll have 30 games to to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would hope for, certainly. If they're making this move, it should be a show of faith in Connor Timmons, right? Uh, yeah. So... I, and this finding a spot for Gusev though is a little bit tougher. I mean, I don't think it's that tough. You're you're kind of looking at putting him in the same spot Donskoy is in, I imagine. On your fourth line? Well, okay, before he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, this feels like a backup move to me. This feels like the Avs tried to go get Kasha and it didn't work out. So option B is Gusev. You know, I my only my only the only thing I wouldn't I would not like about that if that were true. <clears throat> if you're gonna go to a backup move, don't lose a regular off your roster to do it. You know, like I, if they were to do something like this, I would want it to be because they want to make this move. I guess I, I, it is a fair point. You're giving up Zadorov as an RFA for Gusev, who does have one more year in his deal, but does hit free agency after that as well. Yeah, and like you do, I, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at a lot of Gusev's stuff. Right, he has been significantly better from about the middle of December on. He has just been generating a ton of shots. Maybe a little bit more opportunity with Hall gone there. I would assume, but I mean, when you're talking about three, four shots almost every single night for a couple months, like this is, it's that's pretty consistent, yeah, right. Like you're getting a lot. It's gotten a lot better for him. Um, there was a five shot game on December 13th against the Avs, and ever since then, you know, he it was kind of a slow lull, and then. Uh, right before Christmas, it picked up, and he's—it's been—he's just been pouring it on. 
And it's not that it's not unbelievable to think that a guy coming over from the KHL took two months to acclimate. And also they had a, you know, they had coaching change and blah, 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 blah. He's getting stuff going on there. (laughs) He's getting significantly more minutes than he did under Hines, where there were a couple of single digit um, minute nights. And right now he's consistently in the 16 range. Sometimes he's more, you know, sometimes he gets up to 18, but he's consistently in 16 minute range. Uh, and he's okay. just pouring on shots. And so for me, I'm like, okay, that to me, that says Nichushkin off the cadre line. Yeah. Uh, and, Throw him on the second and <clears throat> right. And then put Nichushkin down next to next to, to, to Belmar and Calvert, where we've seen those three do a lot of work together. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, so that's, <clears throat> you're betting on a bit of a small sample size there, but you are. that's, that's what you're hoping for the abs. If... Exactly. Okay. I can live with that. I I still think I would rather try and go out and get Kasha, but if that's the move, I'm okay with it. Um, the other move, an, another one. This is one that that did get a lot of talk, you know, before we we'd gotten into these trade deadline shows. Mm-hmm. The Avs get Tyler Toffoli from the LA Kings for a 2021 second, AJ Greer and Tyler Weiss. A bit of an overpay for me. Just remove yeah. Tyler Weiss. Yep, I I agree. Toffoli for a second is kind of the idea. If if adding Greer gets the job done, fine. I might even see if they'd be open for a conditional second. Yeah, um, the third that becomes a second if they uh, make the conference finals or whatever. Yeah, I would say if they re-sign him, a third they sure. get a they get a third, and then if it works out, because like a lot of these like oh if they re-sign him ones are like obvious they're not going to. But with Toffoli, there's there's a legitimate reason for the Avs to be interested in bringing him back if he does well and he fits in. So I would see if they're more interested in, hey, this is a third-round pick. If uh, he re-signs, it becomes a second-round pick. And obviously Greer, yeah. hey, send Greer over there, and if they like him, go. I mean, he seems like a perfect fit for what you would think of as L.A. King hockey. Yeah, big physical yeah can can help them and be an NHL or in a rebuilding team right they just uh they just got rid of Kyle Clifford he could kind of fill the the a poor man's role of that and you know Tyler Weiss I just don't think is necessary here there's the if that's what gets it over the finish line like then I guess that's fine but I'd rather just keep him at this point what if it's a hard third adding Weiss okay then yeah so maybe that's an option yeah, I mean, I would rather that than probably messing around with the second at all. So, again, another one that feels close to reasonable. You know, maybe it's a little overpay with Weiss or, or the pick or whatever. But it's a conversation that the Avs may well be having with L.A. As Toffoli, his name has been thrown around a lot this year. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, that's not a guy that L.A. needs to be spending big money to bring back and you you know that's a team. Hey, you want picks and prospects? You're rebuilding, picks picks and prospects. Yep, that's Way more what you're comfortable after. with that than than Jeff Skinner. If they said no on Greer and they wanted a guy like Bocage instead, eh, with a third maybe, a third and Bocage, no Weiss. Well, I mean, I'm saying the second and a hard second and Bocage. Like mm, that feels a lot. That feels like a lot. You think so? 
I think Bocage has more value than Greer to the Avs. I'll put it that way. I think he would probably to the Kings, too. Yeah, well, therein lies the problem, isn't it? I guess. I just wonder, like, if ultimately that's the price. Like, it may feel a little much, but, you know, I am, boy, Bocage skating is a real problem. It is. I I do think Bocage has some serious issues there, but yeah. it, it may be with the conditional second, I think. Okay. Just curious. The hard, the hard second with a, a third round pick prospect feels like a lot. Because it's like Greer's gone through waivers multiple times. Yeah, it's like Greer's value isn't that much unless the Kings have specific interest in it. And that's... Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why I think, you know, hey, maybe we shouldn't get too uh, attached to this idea of. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the main parts of the trade <clears throat> for me are, are the second plus for Toffoli, basically. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, Toffoli is an interesting guy. He is. Maybe it works out. You know, there's lots of ways that he could fit in uh, into Colorado. Yeah. So. I, we'll see if it happens. Put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's end this off with, a, with another banger since we did a couple small ones. Yeah. This is a big one with San Jose. It's a big one with a lot of pieces. The Avs get Evander Kane and is, is it Braden? How big a walk? Jaden. Jaden. I was close. And all the WHL guys, Aiden, you'll probably be right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and you don't uh, know how to spell it. Yeah, they're spelled very strangely. Is it with a Y? Is it with an I? Is Den with an E? Is it with an I? Like, who knows? Caden with K A E. You got. <laughs> yeah. A bunch I mean, of different ways. At this point, we're like a year away from a Jaden where it's like J-A-I-D-Y-N. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from WHL names, yeah. uh, the Avs give up for Kane and how big a walks a 2020 first round pick, a conditional 2021 third, which becomes a second if the Avs make the cup finals. Oof. Vlad Kamenev. Sampo Ranta had to think to get his yeah. name right. Had to translate it. Yeah. And Drew Hellison as a package. Um, That's a lot for Evander Kane. That's a lot. It's a lot. The I, picks alone is a lot. I mean, a first, I'm going to just treat it as a second for now. We can get into the conditional stuff if you want, but in my opinion, if the Avs are going to get a Vander Kane, it's to make the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. And Vlad Kamenev. Let's cut off the prospects. Just those three pieces? The first, uh, a second, and, a, and Kamenev? Yep. I mean, I would have been fine with that. And you can drop how big a walks to. I honestly don't really care that he's yeah. in this trade. Uh, I don't view him as a meaningful part of this because he's a 22-year-old a uh, super undersized guy that's not doing much in the AHL. Yeah. So, so I'm, it is what I'm it o- is. yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I, I, I'm making the, uh, the assumption that uh, whichever one of our listeners sent this in is a big moose jaw fan. <laughs> yeah. That's, I can't imagine there are many of our listeners that know who Hall big locks even is. If they're not <laughs> from that area. It, or it just felt like one of those specific things where there's like this, this dude just loves this guy in, uh, in juniors. Yeah, and it was like, can I just let's let's get him into our uh, 
in the ab system. Right. Let's shoehorn him into this trade so they can watch him play <laughs> for my favorite team. Right. Which uh, we all do at some point. Oh, totally. Totally. The number of times I've tried to trade uh, for Andre Svechnikov is just unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, so obviously Kane is the important piece for the abs here. Yeah. I, I do think realistically a, a first and another second or third round pick is uh, what's going to take to get San Jose to the table. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of what do you add then? Is Vlad Kamenev really a piece that they can play right now? Maybe maybe you drop Kamenev and you, and you put Ranta in there as the third piece or something like that, if that's what they're more interested in. Yeah, um, I I'm okay with that. Uh, Kamenev, I think, a plug-and-play young player where it's like, hey, if they get something out of him, great. But he's cheap, and he's shown the ability to play in the NHL. That has to appeal to these guys. Yep. That combination has to appeal to them. 100%. Yeah, at at very least to just fill in with their brutal injuries that they've had. (laughs) Yeah, like, it just makes... That just that that part of the trade makes a lot of sense. And if you need Ranta to get over the finish line, okay, great. But I'm not giving you uh, Ranta and Hellison. Yeah, like between those, it's pick one. Right, you get one of them, and that's the end of the deal. Yeah, and ultimately it ends up being uh, in this case it's a four for two. But really, like you and I are fine if it's just a four for one. Yeah, I, that. Four pieces I, for Evander Kane, assuming they're the right pieces. Are fine. Can we get like a third rounder instead, like, <laughs> or even even a fourth rounder? Like, I I would prefer for there to be some sort of pick coming back Colorado's way, uh, a lesser sure. pick, obviously. Get Kotkov back. There you go. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> But sure, you can throw in whatever, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, yeah. some prospect the Avs actually have their eye on or something, whatever. Right. We're pretty open to the how they finish that one off. But uh, we've talked about Kane and his fit uh, before. I know that he evokes a lot of strong feelings in people, and that's fine. I think that Colorado's locker room could easily get him in line. Yep. Um, I, I would not. I would not worry about that at all. I don't. I don't. Outspoken hockey players don't bother me. I don't think that they're the devil. Um, I I definitely understand some of his off-field issues don't sit well with people, and I totally understand where they're coming from. Um, I know that from a lot of the people in the league that I've talked to about Kane over the last couple of years, because I was advocating for the Avs to look into him when uh, Buffalo traded him to San Jose. Uh, a lot of people say that he's done a lot of growing up in the last few years and that they're that his teammates haven't had major issues with him uh, since he left Buffalo. And I think that that's pretty telling and he would not be a star here in Colorado. Uh, he would not be uh, a big, like he's the, he, I don't think that personality wise and ego wise and all that, I don't know that he should be a, um, face of your franchise, but he wouldn't be here, you know, between, between Landeskog and Rantanen and McKinnon and McCarr. And uh, I guess to even a lesser extent, a guy like Gerard. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're talking about 
fourth or fifth guy at highest. Yeah, where you you're not you're getting him because he's a very consistent and very effective player at what he does. He'll give you 25 to 30 goals a year. He's a hell of a player. The seven million dollars uh, into his thirties. It's kind of the same conversation we were having with Jeff Skinner. Um, are you com- are you comfortable with it or not? And for me, I'm comfortable with the player that uh, Evander Kane is and what the Abs would be asking him to be. I think it would be just fine. I think they could get out of that without any real issue. And I think he could be a big, big, big cog for them. He could play the same kind of. Uh, bigger style that a guy like Nachushkin plays, but he actually plays more physically because Nachushkin's kind of a softy for a big guy. And um, Kane would slot in next to Kadri, and that would be the all-time, like, what an obnoxious line. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if you really wanted to make it obnoxious and undisciplined, you could throw Landeskog next to him on the yeah. right and put Burkowski on the top line and who knows? Um, concerns about the penalties that he takes and the penalty minutes and the uh, the lack of discipline and things. Those are all totally fair concerns. Um, definitely something that it's kind of like with Kadri, like you just sort of live with it. It's just part of the experience that you go through when you have that player on your team. But again, for me, worth it. Yeah, I... This is 100% personal preference here, but I'm yeah. way more comfortable with Evander Kane than Jeff Skinner, straight up. Me too. well, and and I think two or three years younger. So me too. Um, yeah, there's a million factors that can go into these type of things, but I think Kane is more of what the Abs need as well. We've talked about the grid a million times. Yada yada yada. Yeah. It, the point is that to make a big move like this takes a lot. You, we're comparing going and getting a Nikita Gusev for Nikita Zadorov straight up, and we really didn't have much to say about adding one side or the other there. Uh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes it's it's just a fact that these bigger trades with a lot of moving pieces are hard to nail down, especially under a deadline. So I think it, it it's a little bit harder for the Abs to pull off something like this, but it's something that potentially could be there. So mm-hmm. I, I, a bunch of interesting options is what we've covered today, ranging the gamut. I think certain ones are a lot more likely than others, but you never know. Yeah. And uh, so <clears throat> before we get out of here, our plan next week, uh, Evan is going to hop on the show with us. The three of us are going to give our uh, like big trade idea for the abs where I figure there's three of us. We have three periods. We'll just spend a, a period on each of our ideas. Uh, that'll be next week's trade show. The week after that will be just a couple of days before the deadline. We will turn the, the mics back over to you guys. <clears throat> so you have two weeks to come back up with some more ideas. Send them all in to me. Send them into Rudo, whatever. There's lots of options for you guys to, to send that stuff to us. Um, I prefer, if you're going to send it to me, send it to my email, which is in my Twitter bio. Uh, also, if you don't use Twitter, it's just AJ at the DNVR.com. Very easy. Um, so send send those in. You guys have two weeks to, to get that going. Next week is all about our bad ideas. 
Yeah, you guys can make fun of our trades on yeah. next week's show. You guys so. can shake your head and just be like, what are these idiots doing? Well, <laughs> I don't know exactly. No, okay, no, this this works. This works. So depending on where you live, the amount of taxes you pay changes pretty drastically. So if no, the ads are trading funny. for people, they're going to want to hit up Symbiote Tax and Administration to help get the most out of their tax returns. Symbiote provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. We've told you about George a ton of times now as a proud DNVR subscriber. We love him. He comes to all of our watch parties. He's just awesome. And if you're not sure what to do with your tax returns, you can get a free consultation from Symbio Tax when you call 720-366-4470. And they can also assist you with other financial things as well, whether it's rental properties, small businesses, investments, or a number of other things. So hit them up. Or if you want to reach them online, you can also find them at SymbioTax.com. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O Tax.com. With that, we are going to get out of here for the week. We will be back on Monday. Until then, enjoy the sweet, sweet sounds of Gregor Jens. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche with Hayfully and Rudo. The NPR Avalanche with AJ Hayfully. And Ru-